0: see your faces, man, you are like, oh, <laughs> it's so funny, man, it's like, I remember that guy, man, it's, oh, it's great. Well, good morning, New City Church, how we doing? Woo, yeah. man, I tell you what, thank you guys for leading us in worship. I mean, that's like an angelic voice coming out of Michaela, man, like, wow, but awesome drums, man, Matt, Pete, man, Keith, uh, what's your name, Kyle, <laughs> that's just, uh, Daniel, guys, thank you very much, awesome stuff, thank you so, so much for leading us in worship, um, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, I know we got some new faces. I uh, thought, thought I got a chance to meet just about everybody, but if I have it, uh, my name is Casey, one of the pastors serving alongside you, and we are in a a season right now of serving our community, serving other people, that kind of thing. And so this series called "Love Thy Neighbor" is about how do we do this in a a, a way that is not just. Like, just church-sponsored, not just, uh, like, we're going to do this as a church, like, we're going to meet, do, do all kinds of different things. I mean, we we do a lot of things as a church. I Man, I could not be more proud of us as a church body right now by how we have reached our community. I don't want to kind of go over a few things that we are, um, we have done and are doing Uh, different opportunities for us to uh, to do uh, things in our community and celebrate things that we have done you know we did a citywide cleanup with several of us went and helped eight families that were in need of getting things to the curb for the citywide cleanup Uh, we rocked the summer kickoff block party for that the city of edgerton was putting on and i have to apologize to everybody who saw the video of me doing the macarena I am sorry. I I was trying to dance like nobody was watching, and it was obvious that it was a not a good thing. But I uh, got a lot of thumbs down and negative comments and stuff like. That. A little bit hurt my feelings a little bit, but I understand because it was inappropriate. No, I'm kidding. But it was fun. A lot of fun, you know. And you know, a couple weeks ago, a couple Fridays ago, actually, uh, about a dozen of us went up and celebrated the life of uh, Leota Brand. And some of you may not know Leota or haven't met Leota, but Leota was one of our founding members. Um, you know, she passed away at 72 a couple, of, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, we went up to Tabor, Iowa. About a dozen of us traveled two and a half, three hours and celebrated her life. Like I tell you, I just want to tell you, this is a lady who truly did have this, uh, this, this I don't know, this, disposition if you is the right word, but she just had a mentality and a love of her neighbors where she celebrated and loved people that needed compassion and leaded, needed other people. Like when we started, uh, started this church, uh, she would host uh, neighborhood parties at her house and things like that. And she was one of those ones that would encourage us when we were like, man, this is hard, man, this is tough. When it had died to like seven people and that asked us to to start to you know revitalize the church and all that kind of stuff I mean it was one of those things where she kept saying keep in mind there are going to be a bunch of kids running around in kid city we're going to have lively services and all of her dreams that she had for this church came true I mean this is amazing we've had three services that have been lively full crazy stuff going on and in three years we've had 103 baptisms or something like that crazy it's amazing just awesome all the things that she is she was asking so I really want to honor her in every way so if you guys think of Leota think of her family you know it was really impactful for her family to see us come there and and really love on her love on them and celebrate her life and I this weekend, I've got some sign. Look, check this out. This is what you guys are gonna see when you leave today is that we have how many how many people do we still need? Eight, eight people. That's it. We just need eight more people. We are almost almost full up. But Friday night and all and all day Saturday, we are going to be running a booth. Thank you guys very all right. My lovely assistants, just lovely. <laughs> Give them a big hand, y'all. Awesome. <laughs> Oh, I love this church. We're so goofy. It's fantastic. But we're going to do several things. If you guys want to uh, help set up the stage at eight o'clock on uh, Friday morning, that would be amazing. We're also at three o'clock on Friday afternoon. We're going to be having several of us are going to go pray over Frontier Days. This is the first time we've ever done this, but we've been asked by the city to do that, and so we have by by city. People to do that and actually pray over frontier days we want to pray for good weather we want to pray for god's hand to go through this place and to him be honored in the things that we do and have his favor on the uh the the frontier days festival uh, i do have to give a shout out to keith staver keith where you at boom everybody raise your hand keith and keith and laura yep that's right keith and laura uh, they actually came in last weekend oh it was yesterday this, okay, yes, sir. I'm sorry. Yeah. So they came in yesterday to uh, do their booth time, uh, but it's next week, not this week. That's right. You were, but you were just early. What you did? Here's what I here's. They should have. They, you could have played this off all spiritual, like, oh, we just came and prayed over our area during you know, our time for the next week, so that God would be. Yeah, that would be awesome. That, that we're gonna go with that. Is that cool? Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. No lying in church, but we can make that happen, right? So <laughs> that's awesome. Next we uh, next month also on uh, July 3rd, fireworks, we're going to be sponsoring the um, the ice cream, guys. And so if all, like as many of us that want to come to that, there are going to be about 2,000 people that are going to be coming from everywhere uh, to our city, man. And uh, so if we got our New City Church shirts on, it's not about getting people to come to church. It's about getting people introduced to Jesus, man. Like Frontier Days and block parties and July 3rd celebrations, all those things we do, I can't tell you, The number of people that because we have done silly stuff like the Macarena and line dancing and handing out ice cream and shooting people with water pistols, that they become saved, baptized, and disciples. That's awesome, right? Amen? Like We don't do it just so people go, man, you guys are a cool church. We do it so that people will come to know the Lord, maybe even be renewed in the Lord and re-energized in the Lord, refocused in the Lord, rededicated in the Lord. Whatever it is, but that's why we do it, so we can introduce people back to Jesus or to Jesus for the first time. And that's why we do it. And, man, we've had these baptisms. We've had all these things happen. In large part, as a result of the, some of those things that we do, guys, we got things that are even going on that that like as far as the church goes and the organization and leadership had nothing to do with it. People organically started doing different things. We've got men's firesides on Thursday nights. We have a a recovery group called Broken Chains that meets in the community. That a bunch of the folks from the, from this church just got together and said, "We're gonna do this." We've got a a group, a discipleship group that is launching a new mission for special needs families and special like it's it's incredible stuff right like it's awesome and they're actually looking for anybody that hey if you are interested in helping and serving special needs families special needs people themselves like sign up let them know these are kind of cool things that are going on and you can sign up for any of those things on your connect card if you like Guys, we participate in senior dinners and Frontier Days planning and all those kinds of things. And I could not be more proud of us as a church family. I really like it. It just, man, like it gives me a pep in my step knowing that it's not something that's forced. It's something that's led by the Holy Spirit and people just jump into, man. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I love it. Some of us, guys, are, and I'm not, this isn't a challenge. Oh, if you ain't got involved in this, we got it. No, but some of us are wondering, like, how do I even start like what does it look like for me to like like begin the process of of missioning and and living on mission all the time and and in essence what this series called love thy neighbor is all about is like how do we do this on like how do I love my neighbor and, and see what actually happens the way God said for us to do so what like some of us may be wondering what can I do to love my my neighborhood And we're going to talk a little bit about the definitions of neighbor and definitions biblically and what Jesus said and how we're supposed to to do that. And some people maybe said, well, how can I get involved in the different things in this this community? We just finished this, this series called Mine, which is about whole life generosity. And just like that whole life generosity that we can embrace when we talk about mine, we can also embrace the challenge to live whole life neighboring. Amen? Like what does it look like for us to, to do that? Jesus did some things like, one of the things I love about Jesus, if you think Jesus is some religious guru that kind of like sat in a lotus position burning incense and spouting off like religious philosophy, this guy was a rebellious radical like he over, like, like seriously was not one of those guys that the religious establishment really enjoyed being around very much a lot like he was the guy that that thumbed his nose at the religious established uh the legalistic the the folks and he was in debate with those guys a lot now he showed great grace and love to people that were nothing like god people that were nothing like god wanted to be with jesus so if we're Like if Jesus is in us and we're in Jesus, then people that are nothing like God, I don't want to be with us too, amen? That's kind of how it works, and Jesus was that guy. But what he was really getting on to some of these religious guys, that they were looking down on people as lesser than and that kind of thing. And they would say, oh, all oh, those people are sinners. And they were many times would even pray to God, thank you, God, for not making me a Gentile and not making me a sinner and not making me all this. Thank you for making me who you, who you are. And Jesus comes and just sort of upsets the entire apple cart and says, here's how we're supposed to love people that need God. Amen? It's a wonderful thing. And so we're learning this series, learning how to do that. And he was debating with some of these very religious people about taxes and resurrection and and marriage and some heavy, heavy topics. And in Matthew twenty-two, in verse starting in verse thirty-four, he says that says this: and "So when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced." The Sadducees. Now, one of the things that I love about Jesus is that, yeah, I love the fact that he's God who comes in the flesh. I love the fact that he's the word who became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I I get that. I I dig that. But one of the things I love about Jesus is his mind. Like his ability to, to, in love and perfection and sinlessness, actually shut the mouths of those who had a bunch of education and were too smart for their own good. And I love that. Like he like he like and it wasn't like he was trying to humiliate those guys, but by his answers, because he's God, because he's the word who comes in the flesh, man, they had no chance in their debates against Jesus. Amen. Now listen to what they what he did. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together, which is an amazing thing in and of itself. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were kind of two different sects of early religious Jewish. Uh, Hierarchy in the religious establishment, if you will, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees did. One believed that the first five books of the Old Testament was all that God's word. One believed that all the Old Testament was all God's word. But they came together because they were opposing Jesus in this. This is a wild thing. One of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. It said, "Teacher." Which command in the law is the greatest? Now, it's an amazing question because if Jesus has said, well, you know, be being the author of life, I think that probably do not murder is the best, the most important one. And then all these religious establishment guys could go around going, oh, Jesus said the most important one was murder. Well, what about adultery? What about lying? What about stealing? And then all of a sudden it would get around that everybody would say, oh, Jesus said stealing's fine. That's how it works, right? We do this. This happens in the political world all the time. Well, they were trying to trying to help him do this, right? And he said to him, "Now, I love this. Check this. Check this answer out. I love this answer because this is like he, like a lot of times he doesn't even ask or answer the question that's been asked. And in fact, he has a pattern of this. But he says something so over the top and so like above their heads, they go, they're just stunned. They're like, wow, it's a, it's amazing.' So it's a teacher." Which command of the law is the greatest? He said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. In essence, love God with everything you, you have. Now, this is a command from Deuteronomy 6.4. It's also known as the Shema. I call it the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Everybody, like, repeated this type of thing. Like, if there were football games at the time, that had Deuteronomy 6.4 at the end zone. Right back in there, rather than John three sixteen, This is what it would look like. So he, he quoted that. He said, this is the greatest and the most important command. The second is, say that with me, like it. This this wording means that the second one goes together with the first one, the greatest commandment, loving God with everything you have. The second is like it. It is fused together as one with the first one. Keep in mind, the, the question was, what is the greatest commandment? commandment and he said to love god with everything you have the second is like it fused together it is it, it becomes one they are married if you will love your neighbor as as yourself and he says all the law the first five books of the new of the old testament and the prophet and the prophets most of the rest of the old testament which is what they had at the time depend on these two commands now think about what he's saying he was asked, which is their favorite commandment, Jesus? And he says, love God with everything you have. Love your neighbor as yourself, which, by the way, is from Leviticus 19, which we're going to talk about that here in just a second. And he says, love, love God, love other people. Basically, if you do those two things and you do them God's way, you're in his will and you are being obedient to God. That's amazing. Amen. Like, everything hangs on that. If you look at the Ten Commandments, everything hangs on that. You look at all the commandments of God to, the, to, the, to, to his people. All, like, they all hang on those things. Like, it's amazing to me. Like, a, like Jesus comes and, and he simplifies things, which actually brings great challenge in, in our walk, doesn't it? Because now, all of a sudden, it's not about our do's and don'ts. Now it's a matter of the heart, Ooh, which is a little bit different, right? Like, it's, a, it's pretty cool. It's always been a matter of the heart. But he kind of brings that, brings that out. Now, Webster's Dictionary, because some people will ask, hey, what, what does it mean? What does neighbor mean? If I'm supposed to love my neighbor, I've got to know who that person is. And a lot of people will start jumping into Bible studies and starting looking at, and, and that's cool. But, but ultimately, a lot of times, you really don't have to. Sometimes, you could just look in the scriptures and find out what it says and get the definition from God, from God himself. Webster's Dictionary says that a neighbor is defined as a person who lives or is located near another or a fellow human being, or to be neighborly or friendly is to be a, a neighbor. But Leviticus 19 that Jesus quote, quoted says this, and this is powerful. He says, do not take revenge or bear a grudge against members of your community. Okay, keep in mind, these are people that all lived... Together, these people that are all traveled together or hundreds of thousands of these jewish people that were traveling together he says do not bear a grudge against members of your community but on the other hand but uh, uh, the opposite of bearing a grudge against members of your community is to love your neighbor as as yourself he defines what a neighbor is it's members of your community it's, in essence, it's people that you live around. That's amazing. Like, like it's, it's simple in the scriptures. A lot of times we don't have to do these tremendous in-depth studies. Sometimes if we just read it, God will tell you what it is because he says it real, real plainly. So, like, like it's amazing to me how many people will go on Facebook. I'm members of a lot of the Facebook feeds that are a part of, like, Baldwin and Gardner and Edgerton and Olathe, all the different ones that. Because that, we have people driving from all over to come to church here. Uh, if you guys don't know, we have like from Baldwin City, from Spring Hill, from Wellsville. Did I get a whoop whoop from Spring Hill? Right. Oh, I love it. Right. And so we got Spring Hill, we got Edgerton, we got Gardner, we got Olathe, we've got Payola, we got Bonner, we got like KCK, right I man, I like all kinds of stuff going on here. Overland Park, I mean it's just like like God has just like drawn people to our church, which is a, which is awesome. But when we go home, how do we live whole life loving our neighbors as ourselves? This is an important thing, especially in what we considered a regional church if you will and one of the things that i see on these facebook feeds man is i see people like getting upset about horse dookie in the road you guys see that one on facebook this week like it was it was pam, where's pam at pam's at the in the uh she's working in the coffee coffee bar this morning but one of her horses like pooped in the road and everything as they're driving, they're going down there. somebody posting on Facebook, who did this you know who put this in the road, and Pam just was awesome, man. It's so great. She goes, "I'm sorry, I apologize. I'll clean it up." That kind of thing, and somebody did, which was awesome. It was fantastic. But you know, it breaks my heart a lot of times for folks to trash members of the community, thinking they're being good citizens when, in essence, they're in sin of the from from God. Amen. I mean, do, do you catch what I mean on that? So, rather than us helping people, rather than us serving people, rather than us Going and seeing if we can do something and to help help a neighbor, a lot of times we'll just trash it on Facebook because it's easy. Oh, somebody's going to get embarrassed because what they really like. What if we actually helped them? It'd be it'd be an incredible thing. Does Jesus say we're supposed to do this? Absolutely. And guys, this is a there's some scientific stuff and some uh, endocrinologists and scientists and medicinal people and doctors and that kind of thing they're starting more and more to discover that if we love people, cherish people, help people, like encourage people, serve people, that there's some things that happen hormonally that are very beneficial to someone's physical health. When we trash, when we condemn, when we uh, embarrass, when we do all kinds of things, there's some very negative hormonal things that happen that are destructive to the health of the person. So when we love our neighbor as ourself, like this is a this is an opportunity for us to to bring physical healing to people. Now people don't think about it like that, but when we talk about the sickness and things like that that are going on, man, what if everybody genuinely loved, encouraged, supported, and 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 like served other people and and encouraged that that fostering of that that I mean, they're starting to discover this as like a very powerful thing over the last few decades, but hundreds, if not a couple of thousands of years ago, Proverbs seventeen twenty two said this, a joyful heart is good medicine. God knows, right? We're just figuring this out now. It's amazing how many scientific facts are evidence in the scriptures long before they ever could have possibly known that this was true, but a broken spirit dries up the bones and we have a stake in that by the way we treat and love our neighbor jesus was in the throes of debate again with religious folks and in luke 10 starting in verse 25 says just then an expert in the law stood up to test him It's kind of a pattern here right like these guys love to try okay we're gonna try to get this guy to trip up trip up and say something stupid right he'll try to test him says teacher what must i do to inherit eternal life jesus answered what is written in the law he asked him and i love the fact that jesus a lot of times doesn't answer a question sometimes he'll question after a question and he'll probe and he'll kind of get people to think and, and that kind of thing it's, what is written in the law he asked him how do you read it he answered and I think he must have been listening to Jesus before. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. In other, in other words, love God with everything you got and your neighbor as yourself. I think he had heard Jesus say this before. So he's trying to trip him up, right, or test him a little bit. And he says, you've answered correctly. He told him, do this and you will live. But this is what, like, if, if we would just listen to Jesus and do what he says... A lot of times we but we try to overthink things sometimes. This is what this guy's doing right here. But wanting to justify himself. And he asked Jesus. And and who's my neighbor? You ever find yourself asking your I I know what Jesus says, and I know I'm supposed to love my neighbor, but if I just really knew the definition of what a neighbor is and everything, I would probably understand that a little bit more. And if I understand what neighbor means and everything, yeah, I know what it says and that kind of thing. But this is what this guy, the same thing this guy did. And Jesus, could you define neighbor for me? And maybe I could love them the way, if I just knew who they are, right? But listen to the answer that Jesus says. See, what I want us to do when we approach scripture and we read the, the Bible, is not to try to find out just what it says, but to find out what God wants us to do. That's the crux of, of what it means to actually be a disciple of Jesus, is being obedient to what Jesus commands, what God commands in his word. And listen to this, wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus took up the question and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem, to Jericho. Keep in mind, he's, he's talking to a bunch of religious establishment guys, right? And fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him up, and fled, leaving him half dead. A priest, a religious guy, right? Probably may have been priests even among the guys he was talking to, happened to be going down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He goes, man, sucks to be you, bro. I'll pray for you, Right? That's what the religious guy did. Uh, In the same way, a Levite, another religious guy, perhaps he was talking to someone who were Levites in there, Uh, when he arrived at the place and saw him, passed by on the other side, right? Wow, I don't know what you did to get yourself in that kind of trouble, but I'll pray for you, brother, right? But a, say that with me, a Samaritan, oh man, Jesus is about to step into a big time here, man. He's about to make some people really angry because a Samaritan in the early Hebrew Jewish religious establishment culture, they couldn't stand Samaritans. They had interbreeded with non-Jews and that kind of thing. They were considered second-class citizens. They couldn't hold jobs. The testimony wasn't allowed in court. couldn't vote, couldn't do any of that stuff. In fact... They were considered half-breed skanks that were, they were taught from the very beginning to hate Samaritans. And Jesus calls out a Samaritan as doing the right thing. This had to make an impact on this crowd. In the same way, or, but a Samaritan on his journey came up to him and when he saw the man, he had what? Compassion. <laughs> he went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him the next day he took out two uh help me what does that say how do you pronounce that how is it denarii denarii that's what i heard I heard denarii is that cool somebody mentioned cash in the second service so it's a bread man he took out two denarii uh however you pronounce it if you guys uh, if i just said it quickly and confidently people would think oh that's how you pronounce it but i i submit to the to the crowd um Put He took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. When I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. In essence, what this Samaritan, the guy that these Jewish religious guys could not, could not stand, the guy, I mean, for Jesus to make this as an example, had to just infuriate these dudes. He said, hey, um, this guy, this Samaritan, this, this guy you hate uh, actually did the right thing. And like, took care of this guy and paid for his care and paid for his lodging and like helped him to, to heal. Now, listen to this question in verse 36 because this is a powerful question that doesn't even answer the, the original question. You guys remember what the original question is? Who is my neighbor? Right? Here's how Jesus answered it Which of these three do you think the first religious guy, the second religious guy, or the half breed skank that you don't like? Proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers. You guys catch that question? Who is the neighbor to the one in need? Who is the neighbor to the one that needs compassion? Who is the neighbor that one that needs healing? To the man that needed this, that been robbed, that fell into the hands of the robbers, He's not even answering the question. He's not even defining neighbor. He is challenging this person who's asking the question to, as Mr. Rogers would say, be my neighbor. Right? Won't you be my neighbor? That's the challenge he's given. Think about that. Look, we so many times said, well, I want a definition of what it means to, what it is, a, what a neighbor is so I could go love. No, he's saying, Hey, what if you were to be the neighbor to the person that was in need? That's incredible. So what he says, which of these three do you think proved to be to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The one who showed mercy to him, he said. And then Jesus told him, Go and do the same. Wow. That's incredible, right? Now you think about it. that is a that is a bold answer. To a bold question who was, guy was wanting to justify himself who's my neighbor? Jesus said hey, let me show you what being a neighbor is and you go do that and that's the command, that, like when we look at that, what does God want us to do? He wants us to be the neighbor you know, I, I love seeing you guys' faces when Mr. Rogers was up there it was like, I'm oh, a kid again, right? I mean, it's so fun, right? it's just really cool but that's a great question, won't you be a neighbor to those who are in need? Now, we ask ourselves, okay, now what do I do? And I'm going to give you some, some, some tools here in a sec, but, but I want us to be uh, talking about what can I do and how can I, what Jesus said, do the same. How can I do that? Well, do you remember uh, last year we talked about this, this BLESS an, a- an acronym, is that acronym? BLESS an a- acronym, sorry. <laughs> losing, losing, my, losing my thought process. But he's talking about bless. B L E S S. First off, begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. Do, like, this is the thing where I say, okay, I've got to go out, but I've got to go be a neighbor. Man, I might start praying about what that means and how God wants you to start, if you will. We have the command, but, but who does he want you to go to? When does he want you to approach a neighbor? That kind of thing. Like what, like, 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 determine some of this type of stuff. Jesus, before he picked his 12 disciples, prayed all night and that's god in the flesh but he still did that and modeled that for us second thing the l is listen because before we can help other people find jesus we need to listen to them first if you guys don't know don't remember the history and actually miss leota leota brant helped us to do this we went from door to door to door in edgerton asking people what they loved about edgerton what they thought could use improvement and how we could help as a church. You know what we didn't do? Bam, bam, bam. Do you know Jesus? Here's a tract. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying like people responded because we cared not just about them but about the community that they're in and how can we help, man. It's like, it's an amazing thing and 103 baptisms later and 60 some odd people intentionally discipled as a result of us starting out not cold calling for Jesus, but actually embracing people and loving people and serving people and meeting them where they're at, amen? That's what they did, and so we just listened, and we talked to them about what they wanted to see different, how we could help, and we did it. Like, we just stepped into some of that. third thing is the E is to eat, and eating together is one of the, the greatest ways you can develop a relationship with somebody. Like, if you eat what they eat, Uh, And and eat what they eat Even if you don't like it You guys know And if you haven't heard My hatred for carrots is legendary If you haven't heard that But if I come over to your house And you give me a plate of carrots I'm going to eat them Right It's just because I'm going to eat what you eat I want to get to know I want to get to bless And that kind of thing I might go vomit later But I'm going to eat your carrots And I'm not going to gripe about them at all but if you would show me mercy, I'd appreciate that, knowing that. But if I do go to somebody's house and they have carrots, I'm going to eat what they eat, right? That's just kind of what it is. <laughs> S is for serving. <clears throat> serving someone. Helping someone. Like, what if we actually mowed that four-inch patch of grass between their driveway and our yard? Oh, no, but that's theirs. Right? I remember driving down 151st Street, and I saw all these mowed um, mowed down next to a sidewalk and then about 15 feet of a foot and a half grass i'm like really somebody couldn't take 30 seconds and put a lawnmower on their neighbor's yard i mean it's like nope that's not my grass that's yours it's like come on man really it's just was silly stuff but we don't think of, like that's my territory that's your territory now if your neighbor says hey i don't want you touching my grass because you know i'm trying to do something with hey, right, that's different but man just like to, to see that happen it just blows my mind finally when you get to that point where you're serving and eating together, that kind of thing, share your story about Jesus. That may come up earlier in that, in that procession and it may come up later, but, but ultimately guys like never forget that we're on mission all the time, right? And we're supposed to share our story and share the love of Jesus and tell people about him, not so that we can, that people will think, wow, you're really high, You're really a religious person, but so they can, they can be saved. They don't go to hell. Like it's, it's, it's awesome. So a lot of you are going, okay, how, how the heck do I start? What does this look like? Well, got a tool for you. And you've got a picture of it up on, the, up on the slide here if it'll come up. We had, oh, it came right up on the... We had struggled with that the first couple of services. But, but here's a magnet that you can take, one per family, put it on your refrigerator. And here's what I'd like you to do. In the middle there, I'd like you to put your name. This is us, or just put me, or whatever, family, Carter's, whatever your last name is, that kind of thing, put it in there. And then there are there's spaces for eight people that live around you. Like, I want you to go find out who your neighbors are and put their names in there. Put that on your refrigerator, pray for them every day. Here's what I think will happen. I think for some of us, we may go, um, I've lived next to my neighbor for uh, 14 years and I don't know their name. You know what? I've got a neighbor I've lived next to, or two doors down, for 20 years and i can't remember his name either but guess what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go up to him and they don't know i'm a pastor by the way which is a, a tremendous advantage if you're not a pastor when you go talk to people about jesus you know why because as soon as they find out you're a pastor they put their beer away and quit cussing <laughs> that's right but here's the deal man here's the deal like like this is the, like seriously people will like it's hard to evangelize with people that need Jesus when they're trying to hide stuff from you and not being real with you. Because you don't find out anything. They'll tell you all the cool stuff that they think you want to hear, knowing that you're a pastor. That's why I tell you if we're ever out, I'm not embarrassed to be in a pastor, but please introduce me as your friend. Because I don't want people to be unreal with any of us. I want people to know Jesus, get to know Jesus. Some of us have been rocked by, by the Lord because they're allowed to be real in like, like their real selves as they get to know the Lord. Amen. I mean, it's an awesome thing. Like that's how it works. That's how Jesus did it. Like people that were nothing like God wanted to be desperately wanted to be with Jesus. And if people that are nothing like God should want to be with us because Jesus is in us and we're in him. Amen. And that's how we do it. So embarrass yourself and go to your neighbor and say, I know we've live together. I'm dreading this, man. (laughs) I'm dreading that. See, we keep going, dude, you don't know my name, man, because I know he knows mine, because he says it all the time. It's embarrassing, and I said, well, here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, When we're doing this thing at church, and and he doesn't know I'm a pastor, which is good, but uh, we're doing this thing at church, and we're actually praying for our neighbors that live around us by name. Dude, I know we've lived together, but I can't remember your name and the last time I said you corrected me and I still can't remember because I was embarrassing but I'm really embarrassed now could you tell me you're in your wife's name and we'd like to pray for you hey by the way is there anything you need prayer for like what would happen hey you know what the the worst thing that could happen they would go uh no I don't want you doing that you Jesus freak go home or whatever okay cool and you know what they'll probably do they'll go probably talk to another neighbor so you know what that weirdo did comes up to me says I need prayer and that neighbor I'm like I need prayer i'm gonna go talk to them, because what would happen if we actually intentionally and they knew that we were praying for them what would happen if they knew that we were praying for them and they would come forward with other prayers says hey this happened could you pray for me and what would happen if like we have 90 of these what would happen if eight people did 90 what is that eight times whatever how many people it's a lot 700 something what if out a result of that 500 people got saved they didn't know jesus before or what would happen if 50 people got saved? Or what would happen if five people got saved? Would it be worth it for us to go embarrass ourselves? Absolutely, right? We're all dead in 100 years anyway. What, it? Who, what, what do we care, right? Right? Amen? Like, nobody's going to care whether we went to a neighbor or anything like that and said, hey, well, I don't know your name, but I'd like to pray for you. Who cares? Let's roll, man. Amen? Going to take that challenge with me? Because this going to be embarrassing for me too. I'm looking forward to that. Conversation, but uh, hang with me. Let's do this. Yeah, you got it. You got it. I'll let you know next week how it went. So he called me an idiot, but um, we're gonna do it together, man. So, so here's what I like to do. You know, we've got uh, communion set up for us today. There's a lot of people that are like racking their brains and kind of getting rocked. There were some conversations I had this morning, like, dude, man, this is this is radical, crazy thinking for me. So this is going to be something that's going to take a lot. For me to embrace and go into but here's what i want us to do we're going to take communion together scripture and talks about communion being the the fellowship with other believers and as a believer in the lord with rep the crackers and bread in the in the new testament represented the body that was broken for the lord the the juice or the wine in the new testament uh it, it represents the blood that was shed for the lord and so we don't want to take this in an unworthy manner but here's what i'd like to concentrate on i'd like for the lord to start like penetrating our hearts and our minds when it comes to loving our neighbors as we love ourselves because that's all like it's it's like it's it's very um easy to say i love god with everything but there's no way to really know but if you really love your neighbor and you're serving your neighbor and these things are happening with your neighbor that's something you can actually say yeah this is this is something that it's tangible for me to know whether i'm loving my neighbor or not when a neighbor comes to know the lord when a neighbor is like wow why do you do this and you can get to say because jesus did this for me you want to you know like it's incredible man it's incredible but it takes us getting outside ourselves and getting over some fear a lot of times so as we take communion together i want you to, to ask god to start working on you in in that and and if you wouldn't mind praying for me i'm going to have an embarrassing conversation too because i've known this guy for 20 years and don't know his name you know and I can spiritualize it. Well, God knows his name. Well, I need to know it too, right? And so then we're gonna have a time of giving and then we're gonna pray for some elders that have agreed to become elders, but we need your, your endorsement. And then we're gonna pray for the Jama- Japan missionaries that are leaving on, there's a lot of stuff going on, man, on Saturday. So Father, we love you. As we uh, take communion together, um, we are truly and thoroughly amazed at the things you've done for us and the fact that you answer questions the way you answer them is brutal when it comes to our our standard way of thinking man it just destroys it but that's why you're God you're a whole heck of a lot smarter than us man. but you're also God all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, created everything, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, we submit to your will and your command to love our neighbor as ourself. So, Father, as we take communion this morning, if there are reservations that are happening, deal with us as we take it. As we give this morning, as there are reservations about loving our neighbor and, and doing those kinds of things and being generous and, and having a whole life neighboring, Lord, deal with it the only way you can. God as we present elders and we pray for our missionaries and God just lay on us the importance of loving you and loving others in your son's precious name we pray everybody said